Yay. Aloha and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson coming to you from Hawaiian Paradise Park on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yay. Yes. Yes. Oh, aloha, Natalie. Yay. You do, you do hear Urba's voice here. Urba is here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and it's a party. <laughs> yep. So, wow, you guys, what an amazing week it's been. I don't know. Okay, I'm getting reactions from people like, yes, this has been an incredible week like there's there's so much going on and you know there's nothing happening in the world that's not where it is at all it's not even where it is you know it's reflecting some turbulence that's happening like there's this healing big healing that's taking place it's like we're in the midst of this healing vibe you know that's all that's going on when things seem like they're getting intense you can't make it about the circumstance though otherwise you're not you're you're not really being healing minded right? That's kind of like the biggest waste of time that you could do. There's nothing that's a waste of time. No thing because there's nothing happening. So nothing that seems to be happening is ever a waste of time. But the biggest waste of time, the only really waste of time is pretending like the upset feeling is coming from your circumstances or something outside of yourself. Okay, but because in in that moment, you're resisting healing You're saying, no, I don't want healing. I want to keep it like this, like it is this fucked up way. My I made it is perfect for me. (laughs) And it is. It is. You made it exactly like you need it. Right. It is perfect for you. And as long as you want to keep it, you'll keep on defending it. So when 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 someone says something like uh, let, like let's say you know pain is really coming from your mind, pain is really coming from uh, a, a sense of fear, a sense that you're guilty and you deserve punishment. Okay, and then fear of that punishment that's coming because <laughs> you set it in motion, basically. <laughs> Right. That's all. That's all. That's all pain is. And someone might hear that. I go, no, that's not what it is. Watch. I'll show you. I'll do this. Well, actually, my friend Billy, who's usually here, but he's not here today, um, came from the dentist and he told me the story about how he said that to the dentist. Like he told the dentist, not exactly in those words. I forgot what he said, but he was just uh, he was just letting the person know that cause of the pain is in your mind it's not really coming from outside of yourself so the dentist takes the drill and like and to prove to him that this is where it's coming from it's actually coming from the drill (laughs) 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 so that's really fun but you know it that's the defensiveness that i'm talking about i mean it's really funny because you know, to a person that is uh, that believes in the material world and they believe in the cause of cause and effect that's being presented to them, if they believe in that, then they're going to be like, you're, you're a fucking dumbass. Watch, I'll show you what pain where it comes from comes from me handling this on you. (laughs) Right. But that is, you know, basically an example of a defensive mechanism that we have, like, look, I'll prove to you in the physical sense that this is the cause of it. 
Right. And that's the, and, and that's what we do all the time. We just like, we're, it's like, we're trying to prove this to ourselves over and over again. And we believe in what we made. We believe in what we made and we keep on repeating that it is this way. Okay. It is this way, the way that we perceive it. See? So, so again, the only way you could waste time is by pretending like the upset feelings you feel are because of your circumstances or something that's outside of yourself. Remember, there's nothing outside of yourself. You've only projected it. And, you know, a projection is a projection. It does, It didn't go anywhere. It didn't really go anywhere. Where's the source of the light on the projection? It didn't move. <laughs> it's still there behind the projection, right? So, so you're, it's, it's not, it's not even gone outside of you. Really? It only, it's an illusion that it's gone out. It's an illusion that the light went outside of you. Light's still there. (laughs) You know, you you just projected it for temporary and it seems to last forever and be really challenging because you want to keep it. That's the only thing that makes it challenging you defending it. Okay. So I had one friend come over, come over this week and, you know, she's such a love and, and, and she's, she knows so much too. She already knows so much. So when she goes into the darkness, it's painful. The pain is multiplied. You know, here's a fair warning for everyone. (laughs) The pain is multiplied when you know, okay. The more, you know, the more, and you know, it's not like there's more pain. You're just more aware. There's more of a sense of it. Because it's not like you added more pain, you know, you've probably been releasing pain. It's just that you're more aware of it. Look, I mean, one thing I learned from practicing block therapy is if we were aware of how painful this fucking body was, we'd be screaming all the time. We're, we're, you know, it's like there isn't, there isn't a body and pain isn't even real, but we make the body painful. We make it painful. It's a pain body. By the way, we're just programmed to believe. And, you know, you could say that's kind of like in a subconscious way. And it comes up to the consciousness and the tip of the consciousness where you can observe it. It comes up to the tip of the consciousness when you're uh, when you're aware of what's being played out. You know, you could see when look and, and look at it like this. When you see a thought. Like a thought, like say, I hate myself. I want to die. This is one that would occur to me just automatically when I start looking at my thoughts. I knew when I first saw it, that it was always there. I, I just knew it was always there. I just didn't see it until then. It took me like in this lifetime, like, I don't know, 40 some years to see it. Right. And then, and then once I saw it, I just knew it's the tip of the iceberg. This is how it is. It's the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing one thought that's occurring to you in your conscious space, you could say. It's all consciousness, but, you know, to describe it, what you can observe, let's say. Uh, Once it it is that in that space where you can observe it, you know, it's a tip of an iceberg that's kind of like playing underneath the surface all the time. Everyone's got this death wish. It's very interesting. Okay. Um, and, and for the most, some people go through their whole life. I've talked to old people that are like, I don't know, what would you say is old seventies? I have friends that are seventies. They don't seem old, but anyways, uh, 
And they tell me, not all of them, but a few of them, one of them being my mom once, told me that they do not, definitely, definitely do not, and became defensive that they, I would say that they had a suicide thought or AKA murderous thought, right? Right. Um, You know, meanwhile, you can see it playing out all the time. It's always playing out. That murderous thought is always playing out in just an upset feeling, a sense that something, someone did something, you know, that feeling of being victimized, right? We love it. It's like a hit. It's like a hit of heroin to a heroin addict, right? And, you know, I say addict like that lightly. That's what we call them. But there's no such thing as even being addicted to heroin. You can only be addicted to thinking and thinking against yourself because it's like the spirit's thoughts aren't addictive, right? The thinking against yourself thought is addictive because it seems like you can get something you want out of it. It seems like there's something there that you want, but you don't really want it. It doesn't lead to things that you really want, right? So the thought is telling you, uh, it is telling you, you know, you are a fucking idiot, let's say, right? And so then you go on thinking that that thought is meaningful in some way. Like you need to resist it. Say, no, I'm not. Or yes, I am. This is so sad. You know, (laughs) I'm just a dumbass. Or I need to get better or whatever. You know, it's like, it seems like pursuing that thought will get you something that you want. Like maybe you'll become a better person or maybe you'll just be able to stuff down this feeling of you being a bad person. You know, either way, it's, it's delusion. Right. So when you realize that the thought that tells you what you are is not meaningful at all, then you don't have to pursue it. You just, it just shows up. Look what you did back there. You're such an idiot. And then it just passes away. But you could grab it, you could grasp onto it. One of my friends who's on here, uh, I think I think she's on here right now, uh, contacted me about about a, a bad review she got. She do, she spends all this time doing her art, and I've seen her do her art. It's amazing. She spends all these hours making these intricate designs, and uh, someone gave her a bad review, and you know she took it like it was. I guess it was a bad review. It's something like, get this piece of shit thing off of here. I don't know. She sent me the screenshot. It was pretty funny. That was like the, the tone of it, I guess, from my perspective. <laughs> Probably not the exact words at all. Uh, but, but you know, and then it's just like this sense of dread after, you know, having this is this is what I'm talking about. You're taking a thought to get that way, to get to there. You're taking a thought. It's like you're hitchhiking on a thought. <laughs> hitchhiking a ride on a thought that's taking you where you don't want to go and it's going to be a shitty journey all the way over there (laughs) but for some reason you think it's good for you that's why you do something with it that's why you don't just allow it to rise and pass away and see that's where getting into what that feels like really helps you right? It's not to resist what it feels like. It's like to welcome whatever it feels like, but to know what it feels like, 
you know, the, 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 the thing is we don't want to know what it feels like. We want to resist it. And all resisting is, is just running around in thought is running around looking for a solution that somewhere down some ridiculous thought train. Yay. Natalie says hello to Orba from Washington. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yay. Uh, okay. Lori, I'm with my mom in Maine helping take care of dad's business. I asked for healing with her. It's been good. And I've been here since Friday. It's been snowing since yesterday, all through today. I'm seeing thoughts of this is why I left this damn state. <laughs> I'm laughing at the thoughts. Perfect. I know. I know. It's so funny. It's like there's this personality that arises through these kinds of thoughts. Like, here's Lori, like, you know, going to visit her family. And then she's like, coming about, oh, the snow. Oh, that's why I hate this damn state, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you see this personality want to just run up and present itself, but it's not you, right? And I just made that up. I have no idea how it is for you, Lori. So- <laughs> You have no, you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's like, that's, it's pretending to be you and your identity to it is going to make you want to express these kinds of thoughts that are just like, thro basically throwing a nag bomb on things. Right? But instead, Lori sees them. So and they just laugh and she just laughs at them. And that completely changes her personality in that regard. It like softens it, you know, it makes it nicer for her to be hanging out with people. Or people to be hanging out with her, both, right? I clearly see it just loves to bitch about everything. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yeah. And it's like, that could totally be like resolved from your personality when you see that the thought is actually uh, like a, like a bomb, like it, it harms you. It's an attack on yourself. And by the way, it makes, uh, it, it, it like makes people sick too, like yourself and people in your perception too. I mean, all the people in your perception are also yourself. So that's really fun. I was wondering about something lately and I, and I love it when that happens because then I start getting downloads about it. You know, it's like, I don't have to pursue my own curriculum, I guess, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to learn, you know, it's like, I'll go, I'll go, Hmm, you know, what is the deal with healing? What is the deal with why is it that, what is it that holds us back from being able to just see a change instantaneously? Like, like, like let's say someone has a wound, right? And you're just, you know, what is it that just like keeps us from seeing that healed instantaneously, right? Or someone has a disease, they think. No one really has any diseases but they think they have a disease. What is it 
How did Jesus do it? I've been watching that show called The Chosen. You guys got to check out that freaking show. It is badass. I like it a lot. It's a, it's a, it's biblical. My mom told me to watch it. She said, it's really right on. Like it's exactly biblical. All the things are in order and everything like that. Um, and so, you know, I start seeing this, this is after my mom tells me, watch the chosen because I'm watching all these healings taking, ta- taking place on the show. Right. And it's like, what is it? Why is it that uh, Jesus can just put his hand, let's say on a leper and, and everyone's watching the freaking sores go away. Right. Or some guy who hasn't walked for like nearly 40 years, he fell out of a tree and broke his spine, didn't walk for like nearly 40 years. Jesus comes along and looks at him a certain way. And the guy's like, and he says, now pick up your bed and walk. And he picks up his bed and walks <laughs> and skips and everything like his, his legs just come back. So I, you know, that, that kind of thing, I'm, I'm like, what is it, you know, show me because I know not only is that a possibility for us, but that's something that is coming toward us as far as, well, it's something that we naturally do. Let's say it's more like that. It's something, it's just natural for us. It's something that we naturally do, but we've we've been conditioned with all these thoughts about guilt and punishment, fear and cause and effect. And so uh, we have more faith in what our body perceives than in what's true at the moment, apparently, apparently, right? Because everyone around you would just, and, and then, and then, and then there was another thing of, uh, of you know, one spot where Jesus went, to, where he went to uh, heal the guy who had uh, been been crippled for almost 40 years. It had a whole shitload of other people in there that were also had some kind of thing going on. He didn't even like stop for those guys. <laughs> he just like jammed out of there. And so I was going, I was going, hmm, interesting. And then it was shown to me that, uh, that a healing only occurs like that, where you can see the effects of the healing. Like whenever, look at look at it this way though. Whenever you try to heal, any time you try to heal, you are effective. You just don't see the results. <laughs> you know, you just can't see the results. But anytime you try, you're a hundred percent effective. Anything you ask for is given you right? You just don't see the results. Remember the other person isn't even there, right? Not like that. Not like a body, not like that. However, you know, there is a person there. It's you. It's with unique circumstances and memories and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's like, there is uh, uh, an energy of awareness, let's say there's an energy of awareness there that's perceiving with you as you at the same point in time. And it may not be maximally beneficial for everything that everyone has to learn to perceive an immediate healing like that. Right? So it's like there's never a fail, and like with G- with the story of Jesus, you know, I don't know uh, like what happened before he showed up over there, like where he went and 
learned all the things he was learning or how he was practicing and all that different stuff, you know. Um, but the parts that that are written down, the parts that are recorded, he never fails when he tries and perceiving it for himself and the other person also getting the perception that it worked. <laughs> so that's a, definitely one really interesting aspect. What I notice is, what I'm shown is, listen for your guidance. This is how we get to that that place where we can perceive all of the healings that have already gone forth. There's actually nothing to be healed. All of the healings have already occurred. It's like that. So it's to listen to your guidance in every moment. The thing is, we're not asking because we think we know what to do. And we think we know what to say. So we're not asking. All right. And, and, you know, and people ask me, how do I know it's my guidance and not the ego's ego's guidance? It's the lightest thing. It's the lightest thing. Always the lightest. What do you want to do? Okay. Ask. And then what do you want? And then look at, notice what you want to do. That's it. Ask, notice. But if you have already made up your mind and you're asking, that's not the same thing. Right. So it's like ask, then notice. (laughs) You know, you're already in in the car and you're going to Malama. And then you ask, should I go to Malama? You've already made it made up your mind you're going to Malama, but you can open yourself up to a different interpretation. You can open yourself up to feeling. You might think you need to go to Malama for something. Maybe you have a recipe that you're doing. You need some more cream from Malama specifically, right? And so you think you really need to go there. Well, in that moment, you know, the way the reason I do the mundane thing is because most things are mundane. So if you're waiting for something spectacular to happen, you're wasting a bunch of time being mundane. So most things are mundane. (laughs) So. (laughs) so so if you would be willing in that moment but does that what does that feel like to check in with the feeling because it's really it's what you want to do right it's what you want to do so you keep on asking what should i do what should i say like i'll get it okay let's look at it like this get a sense that i want to help someone Okay, in a sense that I want to help somebody, I want to reach out to them and make sure they're okay, let's say. Okay, this is not something that occurs to me very often, by the way, but I I hear this from other people. In a sense, I want to reach out to them to make make sure they're okay, right? Okay, immediately, what would you have me do, spirit, right? And let me know what to do, and I'll do only that. That's how it is. You know, when when we keep listening like that for the spirit's guidance, when you keep on listening like that, we're going to get the message eventually. The message that's going to allow us to see the healing that's already transpired. Okay, there's no there's there's no world that's a physical world. It's a make believe. It doesn't mean anything. Any of the things you seem to have to do, um, you know, uh, any of the things that you have to seem to have to go through 
whatever, none of it is meaningful. Okay, it's not, none of it means anything. All you're doing is you're traveling around, you're gripping on to thoughts that are projecting a world. It's like you're on a trajectory of thought. That's all. So it's like you need guidance in that. Because if you follow the conditioned way, let's call it the unconscious aspect of consciousness. Sounds weird because what? But <laughs> you're not you're not observing all these thoughts all the time. But they're you know, you know, you could tell because the body's symbolic. There's no body, right? But you can you, you can access pain in the body anywhere. Anywhere you can access pain in the body. Why? Because those underlying thoughts, what you might call unconscious, in consciousness, yes, they're being hidden. And the reflection of that is a pain body. Or the projection of that, you could say projection, reflection, whatever, is the pain body. So that's why it seems like we can access pain in the body. And we can, you know, anywhere. Take a pin, take a pin if you want. Just stick it in, all right? Unless you've got numbness, obviously. That's another mechanism for blocking it, right? My mom had my dad's apartment cleaned last week to the tune of 200 bucks. Oh my God, it's so gross in there. I'm seeing the thoughts of how could those people take the money when this place is disgusting. I honestly see when those thought comes, it come, it hurts inside. Yeah. And, you know, you've talked about that before. And, and so have I like that, that disgusted thought. It's like, we are disgusted with ourselves. And, you know, I love it when I bring that up and block therapy, I haven't um, experienced it now for a couple of weeks. I, I, I trust that it will return is this disgusted feeling. You know, and you know, I, you know, I say, I trust that it will return. I still sense hardness in the gut. What is that hardness in the gut? It can be none other than a collection of thoughts that are pain. They're pained thoughts. Okay. Fearful thoughts, guilty thoughts. They're pain thoughts. The only reason I can find a hard lump seem to find a hard lump in the belly here. Right. And, and as I'm breaking that down, I'm getting the effects of it. I love the effects. I, I love getting the effects for, of it. You know, I just, I, I relax into that disgusting feeling. I like to relax into it. But that's what we're building when we actually believe that the disgust, like these people took advantage of these old people. These people are, are, are probably considered old people. They're in their 80s. So they're, they're, these people took advantage of these people. Right. And that's disgusting in the house. Oh, it's disgusting, too. It's like all that's doing is bringing up your pain. That's not happening. There aren't those people. The thing is not happening. All that's doing is bringing up your pain. That's how everything is in the life. And look, when you first start with this and you're starting to recognize this, you might be discombobulated. You might be no good to other people. You might just be like a pain in the ass person that has to go pay attention to how they feel for a minute, right? But eventually it'll be very helpful that you're that you're not buying into it. And getting because you know what? It's tiring you out, it's bringing negativity to the scene. It's not helpful. 
right? Those energies aren't helpful. At the same time, it's not like if, if you're bringing negativity to the scene, be glad too, right? You can't help it. It's and 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 your awareness, just knowing that you're bringing negativity and it's okay, is so helpful for learning. Because then you don't have to get into beating yourself up or anything. See, you know, when you're just when you're just aware, everything flows, and that's all there is. The only time, the only time we're slipping out of awareness is when we believe that we can do something about this world. Okay. We slip in and out of awareness. We get focused on a thing, uh, maybe doing a thing. Like maybe for me, I'm doing a, a newsletter. Sometimes I'll get into a newsletter for like hours. I'll look at the, I'll, I'll, I'll take hours to get the pictures that I like. They got a certain feel, you know, the art. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, and just going down these, uh, these trajectories, we forget to check in and we get delusional. You can tell because you contract, you contract in the body sense. Okay. Uh, the ribs come in, the ribs tighten and come in, they come in toward the center. All right. I've been spending lots of time pulling mine out lately and it's amazing. It's amazing how much space we can get in here just between the two ribs because we're so used to crunching in like this and these things getting all tight and building up all kinds of tissue. People wonder why their body, you know, the body's like gets into a weird position. Yeah, because we're thinking in a way that's harmful to us. You know, we just like we're it's 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 like it's it's like that's become natural to us to think in a way that's harmful. Um, we've been doing it for a really long time. So it is like it's natural for us, but it's not really natural for us. It's just that we're afraid to let go of these thoughts as if something bad is going to happen to us if we leave them alone. But really we're making effects as if they're bad or unwanted effects because we're unwilling to leave them alone. Lynn, every time I get the perception that stress arises, I say to myself, I could always relax more. And without fail, I, I sink in. Well, shit, Glenn, you've got it. That's all it is. It's just that freaking simple. You know, one friend, I think he's on here right now too. Yeah, Chaitan, hi, my love. Uh, so he he's, he, you know, he's like, is it really that simple? Could it really be that simple? It's like, yes, everyone's complicating the shit out of stuff. It is really that simple. I can relax more. There's nothing for me to do. So healing, that instantaneous healing, all it takes to see is abolishing this guilt, which basically is following your guidance because your guidance, again, is always going to bring you to the most joyful. It's going to bring you out of that mental state. See, just like, and it, it's it's just the same as what Glenn just said. It's just the same. It's just different words. Every time I get the perception that stress arises, I say to myself, I can always relax more. Same thing. Same thing. Here's the thing. If you ask before, you save yourself the stress. <laughs> because if you ask before, 
you are sure that it was perfect. You won't even have any stress that you'll have to relax through because you asked before you did or said. Okay. So, so, so the sense, sense comes up. You want to help someone. That's awesome. That doesn't mean you have to help them. That doesn't mean you should help them. That's why it's like, you just ask, what would you have me do? And then, you know, limit it to just that. (laughs) Don't take it on your own accord. Limit it to just that. See, this is the this is the thing. If we can allow more joy, eventually we're going to see through these things and we will see the instantaneous healing. We will see through these bodies, through this sense that there's bodies. We will show that there's no uh, thing in the world that could prevent what's true from being made apparent. Basically, what's true is being covered up by what we wanted to be apparent. Okay, so John, aloha, John. Thank you for joining. Uh, commented 12 minutes ago when I was on Jesus. He said, Jesus didn't heal in his hometown of Nazareth because they knew he was Joseph's son and carpenter. Hence, how could he be the son of God? Yeah, exactly. And the thing about Jesus is like, he knew he was the son of God and he would refer to son of man over and over again. Son, The son of man does have the power to forgive sins, he said. Yeah, like he, the son of man does, that's that's us, that's all of us. There's only one of us really. You know, and, and, uh, and, and the way it's, uh, the way it's, uh, it's put out there by those who don't know, you know, just ignorance, basically, you know, no one's, no one's trying to be bad or mean or anything like that. People just don't know, you know, they're putting it out there as if he is separate or different from you. Right. And he's really like a brother that has gone all the way and knows the way. And it's really it's really inspiring just to like open up to his energy, his voice and listen and feel and listen. You know, it's really, uh, it's, it's really lovely, but yeah, he was, uh, the son of a, of a carpenter. So no one would believe that about him, but what he's saying and what he's showing is that it's all of us. You know, he said to his disciples, like you, you, you they're like, you healed that guy without even being there. Right. He was like, he he just knew he healed this guy. And and he's and and Jesus said to them, You will do that and more. Okay. But it seems like there's a this delay tactic, like the mind's playing a delay tactic. Like, let's pretend like only he can do it. Let's pretend like he can, he's the only one who can do it. And you know, it's like be careful there too, because like if you want to make a trick. Like there's, there's been these, uh, these like kind of like trick healings. People can do this, like call on a spirit, 
You know, maybe they think they're calling on Jesus or something, call on a spirit. And they're so attached to having the manifestation of the healing that they'll be given a spirit that'll help them get that manifestation of a feel of, a, you know, a sensation like, oh, there's this healing that happened. But since it doesn't heal at the level that it needs to heal, it's not even a real healing. Okay. And, and that could be said of a lot of the, a lot of the faith healers that just go around and, and find a person and go, Oh, what's your problem? Let me show you that you can be healed. The belief is so strong that this can be, that this can occur, but that doesn't mean that it's healing at the level it needs to heal at for things to be clear, because it, it's like, you could take away a symptom, you know, you could use a, you could use an essential oil even, or you can use a pharmaceutical drug to take away a symptom just in the same way as you can use this other magic trick you, you you use through a spirit like that. Okay. So it's like, thy will be done. Like, it's not like I, I demand to see this thing uh, as a magic, as a magic trick. What I want is real healing. Let me see through what's actually causing this. Like at the core, let me see right? And, and, you know, I've seen such amazing healings like that, especially emotionally. I have not had it like, like show me that it works for me a hundred percent of the time. That's for sure. Um, but definitely in an emotional sense, it's like, let me see through this, um, where there seems to be anger or something like that. A disease in that way can just be absolved right there. And I know that's way more of a root than a physical symptom is. A physical symptom may need time to manifest because the physical is the past playing out, right? It's just the past played out. But that emotional one, it's like, woof. It's like, it seemed like there was this really heavy energy and then it's light. See, it's just light again. Uh, Watching with one eye after surgery. Oh, lovely, eye surgery, okay, yay. And Cora said, you're discombobulated. Okay, well, that was nine minutes ago, so I don't know what the heck I was talking about. And John just said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, yeah, of course, yes. Yay, I know. And that's such a sweet prayer, too. That is such a sweet prayer of forgiveness, actually, John. You know, just like if you, let's say someone spits on you, okay, that's like, you know, that's kind of extreme. Not a lot, a lot of people get that, but you know, I met a dude just this week. He got hit in the head with a baseball bat on Christmas. So that that's even like more extreme than getting spit on, you know? So uh, let's just say someone hit spit on you and didn't hit you in the head with a baseball bat. Uh, either way though, you know, it's like that sense that they need punishment, that they deserve punishment or that they knew what they were doing. Even that hurts your mind. So that's just a beautiful prayer of forgiveness. And, you know, that's another Jesus thing, you know, just father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, I know some of you guys have trouble with father. Uh, I know I have no trouble with that at all um, because it just seems like the spirit is very fatherly to me. Right. And if it's motherly to you, that's cool, too. It doesn't really matter. Um, For me, it just feels like to me, that's a big, huge yes. So, you know, if you, if that doesn't resonate for you, you can always change it to something else. Isn't that nice? Like, uh, you know, God doesn't actually give a fuck about names. <laughs> He's not like people. Hey, you called me the wrong name. 
<laughs> or he doesn't go, hey, I'm changing my name to master of the universe and make sure you call me that every time. Otherwise, I'm not granting your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I only answer to this. He does not care. He, she, whatever. Uh, it makes it easier. God, I, I don't know if I'm going to do the gender thing on God and call it, call him they, they, and referring to God. I don't think so. <laughs> it, <laughs> it sounds <that's> good. <laughs> the Son of God is the eternal, changeless consciousness, changeless consciousness. Christ. Jesus was the son of man. Yes, I got that, Elk. Did you see the show too? Because that was just in the show. <laughs> I definitely heard that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He definitely said that. He said, he's the son of man. He said, I am the son of man. And also, you know, he would, in, in other, in other instances, I am the Messiah. And, um, and also, uh, that the son of man uh, does have the power to forgive sins. Yeah. Yep. And yes, you shall do this and more this, the Holy spirit. I don't know. I don't know. Comforter is the divine mother aspect. I, I feel that. Yes. I feel that. Yes. Yes. I do feel that. Uh Uh-huh. That's how it is for me. It's like, there's a, there's a father, the mother's like the Holy Spirit. And then the child, that's me. <laughs> yep, it's like that. But it, yeah, but but you know, when illusions are gone, all that's left is one. So there's no name. The Holy Spirit is also temporary. The Holy Spirit is also an illusion. Okay, the Holy Spirit has a thought system. It's, you know, it's, it's like, it, you could say it's your gift from God. For having made an illusory world. It's your guide. Okay. The Holy Spirit knows you and it knows who you think you are at the same time and can help lead you out of all your temptations, um, all of the, uh, all the struggles. And when I say temptations, I am not talking about physical shit, guys. I am not talking about that. The temptation is always to attack yourself. Okay. So you can say she (laughs) is always leading you. And, you know, you can appeal to when you're asking, what should I do? What one resonates with you? You could appeal to the father or the mother. It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) What resonates for you in the moment? You know what? I go between all three. I got Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. Whichever one resonates to me for me in the moment will do just fine. It's all one anyways. (laughs) But, you know, it's like, it's just the fact that you're asking for a different interpretation than the one you made. And you're asking earnestly and you're going to, you're willing to do only that. You you don't know what you're going to do because you don't have a choice. The doing is automatic, but it's your willingness. You're willing to do that which you're asked to do (laughs) and nothing more. (laughs) 
Yes, I will to do. Uh, yeah, we're both we're both on that. You know, a lot of what I share with you guys is stuff that I've picked up in the past, you know, week or my through my experience and also through my study. I've been studying a lot lately since I showed up at a Course in Miracles study group. What was that like two weeks ago or something? Uh, Kaimana, who's here today, goes to that group too. And they had just started like this new, this new book on A Course in Miracles. It's purplish color. And it's the, the full thing with all the commentary and everything like that. So that was definitely one that stuck out for me too. I, I was pretty sure it stuck out for you as well. You know, it's like, I will to do. Uh, like at, at first when Helen wrote it down, uh, it might've been looked at as an error. It might've been and, uh, you know, thinking that it's meant to say, I will do. And it's easy to miss the word to in there because you, you just see what you see a lot of the times when you're reading. So that's why, you know, reading this slow is really nice. <laughs> it's really, you catch a lot. So it's like, I will to do. And they, and, and they even, uh, the, the people who put it together even had a footnote on it or something about how this is really important part that you're not actually doing, you're willing to do it, right? Um, so this really helps with the idea of asking, right? You're asking and then you're willing to do what you're asked. You're not willing to do something else. You're not willing to do anything that takes that joy away, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so freaking hard at first to follow your guidance only at first just because you're used to sacrifice you're used to sacrificing yourself it's as if sacrificing yourself could help with anything so we automatically do that. And one way to see, one way to look, look right at your core. What's going on in your rib cage? Is that thing closing in on you? Or do you have an open feeling? See, we automatically close in when we think we have to do something. So watch that because we hide it from ourselves. Okay, we make conflict in ourselves between what we want to do and what we think we should do. What we think we should do is entirely made up out of nonsense. So hooray for that. John, what matter of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Yes, exactly. So that this too, you know, and, and you know, Jesus said about the mustard seed too, about if you had the faith, faith as big as a mustard seed, something like that, you could move a mountain. That means that you can command the wind. And, you know, that's, I know that stories, uh, uh, Jesus stories too. You know, I got all kinds of Jesus stories when I was a kid, but didn't follow up on them for like many decades. So when I'm seeing this, th this show, The Chosen, and I'm seeing these stories come to life, it is awesome. Like cer certain things I'll, I'll go, oh, I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> and then and then other times I'll be like, oh, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that person at all. What a trip. But the, the but the the story and the um, I guess the resonance I have with it, like I had when I was a child, too. You know, my dad would show the stories on a flannel graph. I don't know if you guys remember those. You'd have like flannel background mm -hmm. and flannel 
little characters to play out. It's like a almost like a little puppet show, but it's like with, pl- with these little flannel things. And just to see it come to life like that, you know, that's kind of like a fun way to teach kids something, right? And show them like a little show. That's how my dad would do it. <laughs> well, now it's like these amazing actors too. Really good actors. I guess the whole thing is crowdfunded. It's called Angel Productions that puts it on. And it's a- it's actually on Prime, the first two seasons. Um, season three is um, available on Angel I think it's called Angel Productions. And like, if you have a Roku, you could just add that channel and it's free. It doesn't even have commercials in it. They're so sweet. They just put commercials at the end, like asking you to donate. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, and and I, I feel like this show is really timely too, because it's like, I'm asking, I'm going, and I can't be the only one asking. It's like, okay, let me see. Because for so for so many of us, we are not asking that. We are not asking. We're not we're not seeing how we how can we see? But it's like for me, I feel like I have a I, I have such a um a, a an understanding or a knowledge or an awareness, you might say, of what it takes to get there. <laughs> and the and the, and the course is really like sure, certain and straight. <laughs> It just cuts through all the BS of the back and forth of all the thoughts and the worldly things. Lori said she watched the first season and forgot about it. It came out during the pandemic and Peter even loved it. You're the second person to say to me this week to watch it. I completely forgot about it. Well, I guess it's time for you to watch it again. I guess we'll see, but it looks like it is. That's usually how it goes. You know, it's like, it's like you, you completely forget about it. Until it's maximally beneficial. (laughs) And then it'll just come back around again. Yeah. It was really interesting, um, fun insights in there. And I could see how, you know, just little things like recently, um, the past couple of weeks or whatever, we've been in what you would call a drought around here. Okay. It's like the whole Island. Okay. And then, you know, like, I guess on the news, I don't even hear the news, but I hear people tell me what's on the news. I guess on the news, they're like telling you where you can go to get water and asking you to be nice. Cause I guess there's a lot of people getting water. I don't know about these things. Cause I've got a husband <laughs> <laughs> and he totally takes care of that shit. Like, I don't even have to think about this morning. Uh, like for a couple of hours, I saw him with, and his friend, his friend had a pickup truck with several garbage cans full of water in a, in it. And they were pumping. So that's like the, the that's like the extent of my knowledge. They were pumping from these garbage cans into our catchment tank. Um, and I'm like, oh, there must be a drought. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so it's just funny things like that, because on Saturday, this is another way I know about it. I was all ready to take a bath. It's a, It was a new moon on Saturday. On new moons, I have this thing. It's like a little ritual that I like to do where I put like a whole pound of Himalayan crystal salt into my bath and take a nice warm, warm bath. Um, and it's like a salt water bath, kind of like to get in touch with the uh, pulling of the tides or whatever. Just, you know, it feels good. <laughs> it's fun. So anyways, I'm all ready. I got my robe on and I'm ready to get, go out there and have my bath time. My husband's like, are you taking a bath? And I go, yeah. And he's like, we don't have that much water. He's like, and, and I go, oh, Oh, 
okay, no worries. I don't need to take a bath, you know, no problem. I just go put my off. What would you have me do? I mean, like, it'll be something else that's awesome, right? Maybe I'll be laying on some needle mats or something. I love to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows what I'll be doing? Um, but, but I'm just like, okay. But then it occurs to me, I'm like, oh, that's one part of it too. It's like, there's this scarcity about anything. There's this scarcity thing. Oh no, there's not enough, right? There's not, a, but, but there won't be enough. What if? The only reason it doesn't rain long enough to where there wouldn't be enough is fear of there not being enough. <laughs> the only way it could occur that you could dream up rain not coming for enough time that you actually run out of water. The only way you'd be able to dream that up is fear of not enough in the first place. So, you know, I'm kind of like I'm of the mindset. Use it up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> that's how I do, though. I mean, that's not for everyone. Uh, but, you know, one reason why I could be like that and totally be okay with it is because I don't mind the outcome. Because I know that I'm going to always, I, like, I know I'm always going to find myself exactly where I need to be. And I don't mind what it is either. So it's like, if that sounds the most joyful thing to, for me to do is take a bath, then fuck yeah. At that moment, no. It's just, you know, it, just because in the, in the moment, it wasn't. It was like, oh, no worries. We'll do something else. You know, but if it is, it is. I mean, who knows? Maybe one day my husband isn't here and I get that opportunity again where I feel like, oh man, it might be dangerous to take a bath. <laughs> I might run out of water if I fucking take a bath. I always forget about that shit when I'm in the shower. I'll take a long ass shower. I did get a reduced flow shower head. Uh, it's it also does. I don't know. I forgot what it does to the to the water. I couldn't even tell you. But it supposedly does something awesome to the water too <laughs> before it comes out and hits your glorious self. <laughs> Yeah, it like it like energizes it in some way. Yeah, you're right. Come on. Yeah, I, that's it. There's always plenty of salt in the ocean. Oh, yeah, I know. I Yeah, you're right. I could drive to the ocean. You're right. <laughs> I like it warm, though. You have to go to the hot ponds for that. It is. It's like 45 minutes away. I did. That did cross my mind. Maybe I'll go to the hot ponds. I'm like, mm, don't feel like driving 45 minutes. I think I'll go lay on some sharp needles. <laughs> that sounds good. That was amazing, actually. Gosh, I put the needles on the whole needle mat on my back. It's called Shakti mat. I, I laid on it in my, on my back and then I put the pillow underneath my head and neck, too. So I had like my neck supported with these little spiky things. And whoo, yeah. Woo. And then I went on the front. I didn't do that very long. I'll do it again, probably. Ooh, sharp. But yeah, it's uh, it's our programming that there is scarcity, like scarcity as, as possible that we make it. So, um, you know, that's another thing, like back in the day, like when Jesus was going around and doing his missionary work and walking around and stuff, they would just spend all the money they had. They did not 
care or worry. They would throw a big ass party and feed other people, whatever. They did not have a care or worry. You know, Mary said, you know, sometimes they would go without eating, but they were always okay. You know, it's like, what is this fear of not having the food? Right? Like you don't, you don't realize, we don't realize the Lord supplies. That's all. The Lord supplies everything, even when you think you're getting it from the grocery store. But we have taught ourselves over and over again that we need to like be prepared. Um, we have to have uh, we have to have enough, right? Like there won't it won't just be be uh, supplied to us. I mean, that's a big reason why there's a conflict between what we want to do and what we think we should do, right? It's like the future, it's like in our mind, the future isn't taken care of. So it's like, you know, you don't have to change your ways. Just be aware of that. Just being aware that the future is taken care of, but you think you can take care of it by doing something, right? Another one, you don't have to take poisonous medicine. You don't have to take any poisonous medicine, okay? I was uh, I was down at uh, I think it was not right next to Salvation Army. They had a shower set up and some uh, food for I think it's homeless people. I I think I think anyone can show up who wants to eat that kind of food and take a shower. <laughs> they tried to give me some. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Do not want any of that food. Anyways, I was down there sharing some essential oils. Um, and and it, and it was interesting because the common thing that people would say is they're talking about. And, the, you know, these are people that basically are like living on the street um, for the most part. It looks like that. They have like carts and all their belongings, it appears. And they're coming over to this place for a shower and a place for some food that's like to me, not food that is actually edible. Um, but you know, it's really sweet. People make it and pass it out. And, and so the, the, the thing, the thing was, is these pharmaceutical things that they would get over the counter. You know, they talked to me about this stuff. Yeah. I've been taking this, but I think it's doing this too. And, and I go, Oh, well, you know, there's, there's things that are designed as if to be a poison. The thing is, there are things that are just designed as if to be a poison. And all these things that we set up in our system, in our worldly system, that are designed to see be a poison seem to have effects. They seem to have effects, right? Uh, it seems to have an effect on healing on one, on one side, and it seems to have an effect on making something worse on the other side. Let's say uh, chemotherapy, for instance, right? It seems like it killed the cancer. But it also seems like it burned and and made and and you know like killed and and harmed and you know basically uh, also accelerated the 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 death process, <laughs> right? You don't have to take poisonous medicine. Anything can work for you. Any medicine can work for you if you open your mind to an alternative. It'll be presented to you. It's only fear that makes it as if you have to accept a known poison as medicine. This is how it, this is how all pharmaceutical all pharmaceutical things are set up. All right. If you look at the ingredients, it says 
do not ingest these things. Look at the MSDS on those ingredients. And yet, it's like, is this the best we got? Just ask that. Just ask. Is, is, is there a gentler thing that I can be using? <laughs> is there something? Is, is there another way? Is there a better way? Is there a sweeter way to help me with this whatever thing I seem to have going on? Right? And it could be anything because it's it's to, according to your belief, really. Even the, you know, the pharmaceuticals have been worked according to your belief. Right? But is that the best you can do? Is there is 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 there a remedy that's a, that's maybe uh uh kinder? Yes, always. What's that? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, even in the even in the realm of illusion, you know, the things that are gods, the things that God made coming from the earth, the plants, right? And and, and there's a passage in the Bible, John probably knows this one if he's still on with me. I don't know if he is because he's a Facebook guy. John, you would know. Something about how the all of the all of the ailments that befall mankind, the cure is in the earth. The cure is actually in the earth. So this pharmaceutical thing that we went to is a deviation away from what's given. Okay. And it's an attempt to profit. It's an attempt for that. We've been programmed to believe that nothing else will do it. (laughs) We've been programmed to believe that what's been given us isn't powerful enough. Right? We need something more powerful. I need something more powerful than a mere plant. Right? But the earth has it all. And this is gentleness. It's gentle and loving for you. So it's not a matter of, oh my gosh, I have to stop doing what I'm doing. Just be aware, like open to it. It doesn't, it's not even like you have to ever in this lifetime perceive yourself ever getting off pharmaceutical things. Open it to it for others. Open up your mind to it for others. Why do we have to sacrifice something to get healing? Why? Doesn't make any sense. Why do I have to give up some vitality? And it makes no sense. And we can have something sweet. And, and, you know, it's us really closing ourselves off to a solution that does that. It's the same thing as someone saying, I have to take probiotics for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Right? Probiotics have no side effects. It's great. The only thing is, if you have to remember to take it your whole life, that sounds like a burden. <laughs> we make it that way. We can only just make it that way. It's not the truth because the future, you don't have, you have no, no way of knowing. You have a little bit of a way of knowing. What are you thinking right now? <laughs> like, Because <laughs> that's the setup for it. <laughs> but you can also change your mind, right? So, you know... Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is that you're getting a perception of that you're doing or involved in or anything like that. That's what the Holy Spirit is made to use 
It's it, it's that's that's the thing. It that's what it's made for. So it's like you just you just experience the experience, open up, keep on opening up to a gentler way and everything. You know, that's just one example saying something like that. It's just one example. Everything. Look at driving a car. Let's say driving a car to get some from point A to point B when it's all imagined. I mean, or flying on a plane too, when it's just imagined. Going through all the bullshit you go through to fly on a plane. <laughs> just, just imagine. It's hilarious. And, and you know, it's like, it's like if you'll be willing to look at it to open up to, there's got to be a better way. That's another thing, just teleporting ourselves, right? Of course we can. This is ridiculous. We don't need to believe the senses that tell us we can't. They're senses. They they're not and and they're and they're uh, they're reporting back to us what's the opposite of reality. <laughs> they're actually reporting the opposite of reality. So what your senses say, no, you you know you you can't trust your senses. They're telling you that these things are not possible, that are totally possible. Aloha, Phoebes and Monica. I love you both. Thank you for joining. I guess John took off because he probably would have been on that verse. Uh, maybe I'll ask my mom and get back with you guys. That one about the plants, it is so sweet. And, you know, it's like, I know it's true. Uh, you know, when I first started to open up to all kinds of different things, I was communing with the plants. I mean, you could do it just with looking at, you know, looking at the plants, just looking at the plants and communing with, communing with the plants and even like asking the plant kingdom, what do you have for me? You know, because like the plants are intelligent too, and they don't have an ego, right? They're not trying to um, trick you or anything like that. And then you just watch it, it. The signs are revealed to you. The thing is the non-watching, it's just following your own ways of being, your own way that you've been teaching yourself all this time. The ways that brought on the sense of sickness, the way that brought on the sense of heaviness, right? The contraction. Those are the ways that you taught yourself to think. Those aren't the, your real thoughts, right? Your real thoughts that you share with God and everyone else, they're subtle, they're kind, and you can hear from even the plants in that state, right? They speak to you. They're loving and they're wise. And you'll just know. It's like, you'll just know. It's like uh, when it when it occurs to you, it's like, oh, this is the thing. I mean, for me, when I, when I got off of uh, pharmaceuticals, that was probably about 20 years ago, right? And I thought for sure, this was the thing for me, a yeast infection, you guys, a freaking yeast infection, okay? I was crying. Because I was pregnant and I had a yeast infection and the regular yeast infection medication didn't work. So I had to go on like this, some kind of double medication thing. And I was using, you know, I was actually going to the pharmacy. I was picking up my prescription. I had yeast infections since I was like 12 years old and I kept on having them. I'd, be, I'd just count on getting them and I'd use this over the counter thing and it would just magically take it away. And then it didn't. And then I started to go, okay, well, this wasn't the first time. This is just one thing that I remember that was pivotal, right? I go, 
okay, what I got to do here is go through a yeast infection without medication. I just got to do this. I got to go through this. It was just like, it occurred to me like that. Next time I get a yeast infection, I'm not getting the medication. I never took the medication again. You know what I did? I got yogurt and I squirt some yogurt up there. I squirt some vinegar up there. You know, I just opened up to a different remedy that wasn't a pharmaceutical remedy. And you know what? The next thing you know, they didn't recur anymore. That's the interesting thing. See, a lot of this stuff is set up so that you will have the recurrence, right? You know, a lot of these diseases are set up and the way they tell you is you have to take this medication for the rest of your life. That ensures profit. It's not true. It's not even true. And, you know, I I know, you know, saying this kind of thing, it's like heresy in this day and age. I know it is. Um, and, And that's, you know... That's just what I got to say, though, right? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a trap that a lot of people are falling, falling into that I see is just this idea of this is what I got to do. No, it's not what you have to do. You know, you could look at it like this. Well, at least I gave myself some remedy. I'm not fucking dying right now. I'm not dead at this moment, right? At least I gave myself some remedy. Yes, true. That's wonderful. And you can always be a little kinder. You can always relax a little bit more. You can always have more blessings, right? You're always always deserving. You're always deserving of of more. You know, one one, one thing I heard in my mind, or maybe I heard Jesus saying, or maybe I read it or something. It's not that you ask for too much. You don't ask for enough. You ask for a pittance. Give me some poisonous drug that I have to take for the rest of my life so I can see myself still alive. <laughs> right? It's sweet. It's loving. It's, it's, you know, and it's always like, you can open up a little bit more. You can have more than that. You can have it even better than that. You know, it's like people think well, one of them is, okay, your teeth, your teeth are gone. Oh, those fuckers aren't coming back. Nope. That's not true either. Don't fucking believe these things because you know what? If you look on an energetic level, your tooth is fucking there. It's actually there. It's a misperception that there's a gap there and you can't feel it. (laughs) It's so funny. Okay. uh, Monica posted Bible verses about herbs. So, um, Kaimalino. Just go to um, Facebook because she put it on Facebook on this video. Yeah, unless you, yeah. Well, you don't, you don't want to like hit a link and read about it right now anyways. <laughs> Only five species are mentioned directly as medicinal plants in the Bible. Fig, they had a shitload of figs. They had that around. Nard, I know nard, spike nard. I have that. It's in the heart blend. So yeah, that one spike nard is if you want to get spike nard in a really pleasing way. So I find it's pleasing all the time. Not everyone can handle it. It's intense. It's an intense aroma. The botanical name is Nardostachis jadomansi, which I love. And uh, yeah, it's nard in the Bible. It was the one used to wash Jesus' feet. Mary Magdalene used it, used it to wash Jesus' feet in the Bible. Uh, hyssop, which we have. 
Balm of Gilead, we don't have. And Mandrake. Man- oh, no, that's not true at all, Monica. I just heard of more of, more of them. Uh, what was it? Frankincense? Was it frankincense? No, it was myrrh. Myrrh is definitely one. And also uh, calamus is one. And camphor. In fact, they're mixing camphor and myrrh. Yeah. Yeah. All those, uh, you know, and the and the thing is about you know, ancient times, everyone was using those kinds of medicine. That's what they were using for medicine. Okay, they were not into medicine that had side effects. It's like a new thing, or we like take it, uh, we take it to an extreme. We study it, we see, okay, what is it about the Nardostachis Jadamansi that makes this effect, and then isolate it, and then patent it. And then do all this different shit with it. That's not the same. <laughs> it's so fun. Ah, aloha, Max. Greetings from the middle of the night. Oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful that you're watching in the middle of the night. I feel so blessed. I love you, Max. Yay. Uh, yeah, Glenn said frankincense and myrrh. That's right. Frankincense and myrrh. And specifically, you know, I have friends who know who have researched it um, because I have an essential oil company. Um, I have people contacting me for the rarest stuff because I like to carry all of these kinds of essential oils. One of them is frankincense sacra, specifically the sacra variety. There, We have 11 frankincenses the sacra variety. And then, um, and then another one is a certain cinnamon. It's Ceylon cinnamon. That's another one, another biblical one. Um, one of my, one of my friends makes a blend or he has, he had me make a blend. It's called Exodus. And it has to do with a blend that's specifically, uh, laid out in the Bible with quantities, even with quantities. And he found this and he wanted it. And initially he's a pastor, I think. And his name is Nicholas. It used to be called Nicholas blend. So all his people could find it and a bunch of his people find it and bought it. And now we've changed the name to Exodus blend and we keep it as one of our blends. So yeah, that's, uh, that's one to check out too. And heart has a spike nard in it. Um, also you could just get plain spike nard, see what that is like. Uh, all those ones. Yeah. And, and the, even ones that aren't, aren't mentioned, that's just the, the way that it was done. You know, people would put their power of uh, illusion into a plant medicine and it was a gentle kind of thing. (laughs) Whereas, and you know, it still is like in places like Oman, they're using that frankincense shock, that frankincense sacra as a cancer cure. Like there's somehow, I don't know if you actually, I don't know how this works, but I guess they inject the frankincense sacra, <laughs> which I'm going, okay, I don't know any, enough about that to talk about it, but uh, it's really, it's really interesting that they do that in the hospitals. It's actually in their hospitals there. But yeah, I mean, if all of the effects come from the mind, why not have everything be sweet? Why have, uh, you know, like uh, even, even, even looking at like, why would you uh, have to settle for anything that's not sweet? And the thing is, all the settling does, all the settling is in the future. It's like, you're thinking of the future. 
Because right now there's no, it's just joy. It's you just follow your joy. I know that sounds so cliche too. It's so freaking cliche. Like, how do you do that? How do you? Well, just follow your joy. It is really that simple, you know, because it, because you're you're watching these this conflict between what you want to do and what you think you should do. That's it. Just watch. You know, it, it, it just just notice, and you're and you're gonna as time goes on, and you're watching through that things get resolved. It is actually that simple. Trust that everything is getting resolved in that. There's nothing for you to do. Whenever you get the notion that there's something for you to do, you tense up. And that resists the spirit. That resists your guidance. Then you then you wind up, you know how you find out you were doing that when you weren't aware of it. Some kind of pain pops up or some kind of tiredness or tension or conflict. Something pops up. Oh, whoa, where did that come from out of nowhere? That's how you know. And then you become more aware and you keep on watching like that. That's all it's for. So then you can totally relax. And, and let, let you know, the, another cliche, let the flow take you. It is really that loving and kind. I mean, I was looking at that. Um, where, you know, and then that new A Course in Miracles book, I was looking at that where it was talking about what you think you should do. And I was like, wow, that is just so backwards and upside down according to how the world is taught. I mean, as soon as you're kids, you, you're having to do shit you don't want to do all the time, right? People are making you, that's like the normal way of doing it. Not for my kids. I mean, yeah, my daughter. Her, her whole time, all the way up until she was 17, I practiced that, you know, I played it out, so to speak. Um, but like the guy who's 14, my 14 year old, he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. Right. Doesn't have to do anything. Doesn't have chores. Someone was asking me about that, too. Like, how do you end up with a clean house then if no one has to do anything they don't want to do? Would you believe it fucking works out? Mm-hmm. It just works out. And it's not, you know, it's not on anyone's shoulders, but you can get the perception that it is. If you get the perception that it is on your shoulders or that you have to do something you don't want to do, that's something for you to be released from. That's all. It doesn't mean anything has to change. No one has to change anything. In my case, I just sat through the sense like it was on my shoulders. The frustrated sense of frustration that I couldn't get someone else to clean the bathroom the way I liked it to be cleaned. I just use that. That's what it is. It's just using anything that comes up. Not taking these things so personal and serious. Like, you know, we get the sense like we haven't made it or something because we can't get someone to clean our bathroom the way we want it to be clean. It's like this. It's really a personal thing that the way we make it. It's like this person. It's like it's like it looks bad on me. Like I'm not, I haven't gone far enough spiritually or I haven't been good enough or whatever, something like that. That's why it makes suffering. It's not really that big of a deal, Uh, you know, to go in and clean a bathroom. It just happens automatically. You know, it's not really a big deal, but we make a big deal of it in the mind. 
you know, I watched my husband, you know, he, he'd go through it feeling like he had to do everything because he was doing everything. It was like, as far as keeping the house clean and stuff, he was like doing everything at that time. And one day he just changed. He just was doing everything, but not projecting like we should be doing more. Just not having a projection like that. And he's like, Hey, I, this is my role. I really fit in. I really fit into this. You know, when everyone just relax, everyone just feel, fills in their role. So it's like, yeah, he does most of the cleaning. And he tells me, I don't have to hire anyone. I say, okay, I'm watching though, because in, you know, in the event that the level of cleaning goes down, I hire someone, <laughs> you know, it's, and, and that's just how it plays out. You know, it's like, that's just, that's just how it is. It's like, it's like, so I see him doing a lot of cleaning and he enjoys doing the cleaning. It just works out. And then the, and then as far as my son, you know, he just sees what we, we do. And my other son too, my 21 year old, he sees how we live, seeing how we live. That's enough. Right. And then over time, you know, there might, might go, go through periods that have a really messy room, their room. I mean, my son. He was like not washing himself, not cleaning his room there for a couple of years. Um, they all went through that. Even my daughter did, man, where they just like to be like dirty and stinky and have like a messy room with um, stuff piled up, uh, piled up on the windowsills and everything like that. Yeah. And then and then um, and then over time, you know, the next thing you know, he's like vacuuming his room and like taking care of his room. It's like, oh, you know, it's just like a sense there's and that's really how we. Um, when we're, when we're with kids, we've got kids that's, they see how we live. They just see, they, they're very observant. We don't have to show them specifically like how they're supposed to take care of themselves. They just see how we live and they, they see if that resonates for them or not. That's all. They just pick up on that and, and roll with it. You don't have to tell them anything. You probably heard them. It's not really, you've heard before. It's not really what you say. It's what you do that they learn from. So, you know, my goal is to show them that it's okay to relax and do whatever you want. Right. And so when I get, when I get the sense that them doing whatever they want is impinging on my freedom, I'm lying to myself. That's not true. So then parents get the idea that they should try to uh, bring down some kind of rules or punishment or something like that. How does that free you up though? See? It's all innocent. It's like this sense, like you can get there by doing that. Like you can get there by punishing the child. You can get your sense of freedom and your sense of relaxation and your sense of worthiness from even talking mean to them or putting them down. It's the same thing. That's a punishment coming from their parents who, you know, they feel like, you know, they, that's, that's who shows that's kind of like God to them for a minute shows them their worthiness, right? And like, you know, they have enough with these guilty thoughts. I've talked to my young son. I think when he was 12 or something, he he was talking about, he was telling me how he's lazy. And I said, what gave you the idea that you're lazy? He's like, well, I don't do much. I barely take a shower and I don't clean my room or anything like that. And I go, well, I just want you to know that it's not possible for you to be lazy. Okay. If you seem to be not doing that stuff right now, that's just perfect for you. And at any moment that can change for you. 
And I think it was soon after that he started taking a shower and cleaning his room too. Just, you know, he just is the lazy thing is just like, I wish I felt better. Right. So then it's like an, it's like an attack on the self. And if we perpetuate that, we, it, it just builds up. This self-hatred builds up and we're programmed to be self-hating. The world is self-hating. Right. And, and it's like, we're here to demonstrate that there's nothing to hate on. There's really nothing to hate on. Just letting everyone know it's okay. Whatever it is, it seems to be. You know, I, I know I have uh, plenty of friends who think they do too much of something. Like they do too much uh, pot, let's say. Or they do too much alcohol. Or they do something like that. You know, go easy on yourself with this stuff. I mean, you don't have a choice in that. And you're drinking or smoking or shooting up or whatever you're doing the exact right amount that's maximally beneficial for awakening this mind, right? So if you get the sense that you're doing too much, you're doing too much of it, all that is, is an effect of talking mean to yourself in your mind. Even getting the sense that there's a such thing as too much. There's like, it's like, oh, you can do some of this. Like, look, you go to the grocery store, right? I know our grocery store, Malama, it's set up. So you walk through like lines of alcohol bottles, all these shelves, all kinds, colorful. It's like a candy shop. You know, you'd think it would be a kid aisle in there. And there's alcohol everywhere. Yeah, go ahead. Drink alcohol. It's legal, but don't drink too much. (laughs) It's like. A total setup. It's a guilty setup. Here it is, all the sparkly, colorful bottles. Don't drink too much. What inevitably happens? Most people who partake in alcohol think they do it too much. I did not have that experience with it. Oh, I I have alcohol occasionally, um, but I did when I was eighteen think that I wanted to be an alcoholic. I don't know. Something about it was appealing to me. Something about that was appealing to me. I felt like I wanted to be an alcoholic. So I was going to get my hands on lots of alcohol. I lived with my parents at the time and um, they'd buy me alcohol. They didn't care. And, And so I just like drink a bunch of alcohol. Did not last long because I just didn't like it. It didn't feel good. I was like, oh no. Okay. never mind. I don't really want to do that. (laughs) But can you imagine if you're drinking it with a fear of being an alcoholic, which is what people are being programmed with? See, that's the thing. My parents, uh, I could have alcohol whenever I want. I barfed off alcohol when I was seven. (laughs) Okay. I went around and drank everyone's drink at a dinner table. I had my own drink too, but people loved me to just come around and drink their drink. Um, we were having wine at an Italian meal and I barfed and my parents are just like, Oh, how cute. You know, it's all like, I couldn't have any alcohol anymore. They're like, whenever you want to drink, just let us know. We, we like you to drink at home basically, you know? So I would just like, uh, I just experiment with it. I'd go, okay, drink all this alcohol, but we're not all like that. We're a lot of the, a lot of us, most of us, our program to be afraid of it. Maybe we've had someone in our family made an example of look what happens when they drink a lot of alcohol. No, it is not alcohol. It's not weed. It's not heroin. It's not any of those things. 
those things are nothing. It's the way we're programmed to think about things. It's a way that we're programmed. That's all. It's like as if these things, one, can have power over us. That is ridiculous. Like, oh, what's going to happen if you don't get, uh, uh, you know, I've practiced all these different things. Like I've practiced like smoking a pack a day before of Marlboro's, you know, I've done that for some years. And just to see if this addiction thing is true, it is not true. As soon as I go, okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. You know, there's this half-hearted, that's enough of that. Like, uh, uh, I, I, I want to be done with it. So I don't get my teeth brown or something like that. You know, I want, uh, okay. So I'm done with it. That doesn't work. Notice that notice that it doesn't work when you're done. You're done. You don't have a say in it though. I don't have a say in that. I didn't have a say in it. I was just done. That's it. Where's the addiction then? Right. Where'd it go? It's not there. Uh, my daughter, Ikea, has a similar story. Is she on yet? No, she's not here today. My daughter, Ikea, has a similar story. She was on cocaine, right? And 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 hardcore, hardcore with it, right? She was done. She didn't need any drug rehab or AA or anything. She was done. The, the thing played it, its course, right? And while it was playing out, one thing that was reflected back to her from here is that it's all okay. That's, that's why, you know, it makes it so much easier to just be done with it. The guilt will have you hanging on to it more, whatever it is, whatever it is. It's just a need to, uh, it's just this, the sense like this need to harm yourself, you know? I always think, I always get the thought, when are you going to quit smoking? Because I always think I'm going to quit smoking anytime. I was like, I better enjoy this smoking while it lasts because I don't know how long it's going to last. I've seen it go down, but I kind of got get, get this thought. When am I just going to quit smoking? I don't know. Like I'll go away. Like I'll go on a trip. I'll go to Chicago. I probably will not smoke that whole week because there's just not smoking opportunities, right? I'm not going to go out and like find some weed, find some good tobacco, find all the things and put it all together. And, you know, <clears throat> find a place to smoke outside in the cold, <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. Probably. I'm open to it occurring. Um, but the thing is, whenever I'm having a smoke, that is the opportunity and the idea, even that idea that you want to quit, that is just programmed, right? That is the opportunity to help everyone. That's that, that's what has shown to me why I actually still find myself smoking. <laughs> Because I get those thoughts about how it shouldn't be happening. They occur to me. And when they occur to me, I'm happy about it. And I use them, right? It's like, these are the worldly thoughts. The thought that this thing shouldn't be happening or happening for so long, right? What if it's causing this is a thought that is a meaningless thought again, right? Wonder what your skin might look like if you weren't doing all this smoking. Again, meaningless thought. What's my skin for? Right? What's it for? Is it for having the best skin? No, it's not. It's for healing. If smoking needs to occur for healing, then that's what it is. That's what it is for. And I have no problem with it. So the thoughts occur to me, but I don't have to bite them. And that's my joy. 
right? That's my joy. The thoughts occur to me just like they do to anyone else, but I don't have to follow them. All right. You should consider writing a book about that. What? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Heroin, probably addiction. I don't know. Writing books. That's fun. I have a book that I'm almost done with. I've been saying that for like a year and a half, I think. I don't know. What is almost? It could be a million years. I have no idea. (laughs) Every day is just like, what will you have me do? You know, sometimes I have friends trying to put the pressure on me. We really want to see that book, Hope. And it's like, well, it'll come when it comes. I don't know. It's not up to me. It isn't. It's a, It's so fun, though, just to have one as a project and then have, you know, uh, other ones like, yeah, I, you know, it'll be fun to write a book on that and a book on that and a book on that. But it always comes back to right now. What would you have me do? And will I will to do it? Will I? Uh, let's see. Playfully, though, maybe I won't. It'll be OK. Maybe I'll want to give too much, which is very common. Give, give more, give more than you need to get your guidance. It's another distraction, right? That's a, that's what I mean by giving too much. It's not a physical movement; it's mental. Give more than you need to be given. That's basically just leaning to your own ideas of what should be done. It's resisting joy. Most of the time, most of the day, you know, it's resisting joy. That's a, it's not, it's not allowing, we're not allowing joy. We're resisting it. So even, even think, okay, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could just teleport to Chicago rather than take a plane? Hmm. Let me see. You just open to it. You know, if not, if if you don't uh, uh, resolve enough guilt in this lifetime to be able to see it for yourself, you still set it up in that way. And nothing is lost. You go back to perceiving again and again and again to get your lessons. You go back to perceiving again and again. One end of a lifetime isn't the end of anything. You still have perceiving to do. You know, you're going to perceive and get the get the experience that you took a break. You know, somewhere in a place kind of like between earth and heaven that you took a break. But you'll pop right back into perceiving again. And 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 none of the, none of your advancements are lost. It's like you save yourself so much time of having to go through illusions by your willingness to see differently. See, even the idea, uh, oh, um, we have to, we take it, we take planes and go through all that plane bullshit because it's the only way to do it. Maybe it's the only way the world's uh, set it up the best way that the world set it up that we can do it right now. Okay, fine. I find myself making the reservation and cruising over there and having a good ass time too. You know, I don't mind whatever it is, whatever. And at the same time, I'm open to a gentler way, another way of seeing because we are not seeing in truth. 
In truth, we don't have to use some machine to get anywhere. You know, it's so funny too, because even the machine itself, like if you have a car and it's breaking down, that's the same thing projecting that. You know, you even have the the power to heal can even heal a mechanical thing. It can, it can even run on no gas. The idea that we need to put gas. Isn't that funny? You see how it says set up for ongoing profiting? You got to put gas in it. Can't use anything else. Nothing else works. <laughs> Isn't that good? Oh, and by the way, it pollutes. <laughs> Don't suck on the edge of one of those tailpipes. <laughs> right (laughs) you see how everything's coming with side effects it's of the world right (laughs) everything that's of our worldly system it's all coming from side effects you fly on a plane and uh what is it some kind of carbon carbon thing none of it really means anything you don't have to feel guilty for it that's another setup that thing about feeling guilty for not being echo friendly right You don't need to feel guilty about any of that stuff. There is no uh, uh, echo to be friendly with. It's not really like that. The setup is as if it's harmful. And it's so funny because it's like nature always contains all of the cures for everything. So we're hearing all this stuff about plastic, right? How bad it is. They even ban plastic bags. It's funny because we're behind the times on all the banning it's funny because it's been discovered like a long time ago, maybe like a decade ago. I don't know how long ago that there's something in the ocean that eats plastic. We're good. <laughs> eats plastic and just turns it into organic material. <laughs> but we're going to keep on pretending like this. It's it's all like this. I mean, because because what we're seeing isn't really there. So we can just see right through it. And the same thing with even the pharmaceutical things. Let's say you you find yourself taking pharmaceutical things. Don't buy into the poisonous aspect of it. Let yourself even see through that. See, let yourself even see through that. Because it's even even the poison that is made to be poisonous and everything like that, it doesn't have a real effect either. It makes it more difficult to see through, though, if you're buying into that you need this thing. (laughs) Then you're accepting a poisonous effect and you can't, you know, open up to something else, you see. So ultimately, every single thing that you do and think about and use is for and is used for abolishing the whole world, abolishing itself, even the plants. You know, The way we perceive plants, that's a total illusion. That's not like reality. You know, their form is not, does not include death. Everywhere you look in nature, you see those fuckers are dying. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) it's not really like that. Again, if you look at the energetics of it, the plant is forever in a perfect form. Its blueprint is always there. It's forever in a perfect form. Same thing with us. Forever in a perfect form. We just get the perception that something is aging, dying, sick, you know, 
or it's just susceptible to, to that, you know, when someone's really young, like let's say someone's like 15 or something, it's like, oh gosh, I remember when I used to look like that. Oh my gosh. So, so supple and, you know, and all that stuff, you know, it's like that body that we're getting a perception of, we're already projecting onto it, the aging as they're a child. We're all, it's just like, it's so ingrained into us. It's like, oh, that'll, that'll pass. Like, I just expect that it will because that's what happens all the time. That's what we always see. But we have to change the way we think to be able to see something else. It's a thinking that changes first. And the way the ego looks at it is to show me first and then I'll believe. But how can you be shown when you already believe that the opposite exists? You already believe in what you made. So how can you be shown anything? Your mind is closed off, just like that dentist with the drill. You know, uh, my friend Bill gave him an opportunity right there to see something, you know, and 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 Bill's so sweet about it. He's, he's such a, a lighthearted guy. He's just kind of like, he's, he's just kind of like, yeah, well, kind of like, I know this is going to seem like it hurts, but all the pain really comes from you know, pain, thoughts, fear, whatever he told him, you know, something other than the drill. Right. And, and he just completely avoided the gift. Doesn't matter though, because anytime, you know, that's a miracle basically because Bill acknowledged what's true in the midst of an illusion. So you may not see the effects of it, but anytime you're establishing in your mind, I mean, we can make miracles every second. It's so amazing. You establish in your mind what's true, what's really true in the midst of illusion. That's a miracle, right? And that makes the way for all these healing, this healing kind of stuff to occur. You know, even the even the uh, visual healings, you can say the instantaneous moving of mountains, you can say, or um, the sense that it's not raining enough and calling rain. You know, you could say it's it's a it's making the miracles, and especially as they get more consistent, it draws us toward what we actually are. You know, it's like it's it's like we've gone off on a train of thought and we're way out in the universe on a train of thought, right? So this is like just bringing us back to what reality is. That's all. The the performing the miracle, which we can do all day long, is basically just establishing what's really true in the midst of of illusion. It doesn't have to be spoken out your mouth. It can be. It doesn't have to be, but all you're doing is establishing what reality is in the midst of seeing that reality is totally upside down and backwards. And whether anyone else agrees with you isn't really relevant. Their minds change according to your willingness to see. It helps everyone. And they're going to, you know, you're going to see how everyone around you, and this is what I've noticed a lot in my experience, you know, the hardest place for me to be as I was waking up was home. That was the hardest place for me to be because it seemed like everyone was antagonistic to me. My my husband, my kids, 
Um, my pets didn't matter. Everything was antagonistic. I used to be out all the time. People who know me used to know Orba's nodding at me. I was a freaking person that was out in the community all the time and having a good ass time, right? Well, I wasn't having that good ass time at home. So I was having a good ass time out in the community. Um, You know, it's like, that was just one way that I was following my joy and allowing myself to be taken care of in that way. Right. It wasn't so comfortable at home at home. It was more like work. Cause that's where all my patterns come up. Right. When I go out to the community and I see everyone in the community, I don't have to be projecting onto the people in the community. Cause I already got all my projections at home. I already did it there. So everyone, you know, everyone's like, oh man, you're so happy all the time. It's like, yeah, I'm fucking out of my house, man. <laughs> but, uh, but just seeing how the people changed over time, the people at home, the people I was projecting onto that seemed to be, you know, really antagonistic to me, really, you know, geez, my son who is you know, not wanting to hang out with me, not wanting to be seen with me, thinking I'm so weird and all that kind of stuff. Um, when he was a teenager, now he's 21. The other day he's like, Hey mom, let's go to Kahena. And I was like, okay. So we're like cruising to Kahena. He doesn't even mind that I'm naked coming up, talking to me and my friends, you know, and it's just like a totally different, um, embracing, um, everyone, all of them, change the way they seem to look at me. And and that's just, that's how it goes. Like when you change your mind about things, the people in your experience also change. So now it's like, my home is just so comfortable. You barely see me out in this community anymore. (laughs) It's a rare thing. I've become more like a hermit and, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people don't even know who Hope Johnson is anymore. And I'm super comfortable with that. I don't even mind. It's it's not a, it's not a thing. It's like, it's like I come out again and then all of a sudden, you know, people get to know who Hope Johnson is again. And then, and, and, and if that needs to happen, then it will. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, really it's been, uh, it's been such a trip just seeing how the reactions that I used to get out of my family have changed so much to where it's like, wow, I'm really embraced here now. It's like, ah, it's like a sense like, okay, I belong here now. But when I first started to be, um, checking into all the spiritual stuff, you know, I'd already set up a family where I was a certain way. So I was going through some major changes and it was like, I had trained them to hold me to a certain way of being. And that's what we do. That is what we do. That's why we get in con in with certain partners too. And that's why we project onto certain, onto our partners, certain things that they uh, prevent us from doing. It might be a sexual fantasy. Let's say, let's say we had some kind of fantasy. We wanted to play out with them and then they don't want to do that. Right. Or it might be a fantasy like it, like uh, there was going to be this much cooking. If I married you, there was going to be this much cooking going on. Right. And we play these things out. We disappoint each other on purpose. So it's like the disappointment in each other just went away. First, I allowed it to be released in myself. 
I just allowed myself to relax in the sense like people think that I'm uh, disappointing for one, and then my own disappointment in them. I'd allow myself to relax through that. And in my own mind, allowing my own mind to be changed, other people would relax too. It took years in my case. Was it worth it? Yes, very much so. Because those years are going to pass anyways, right? And so I could either get more round, more wound up and more in that same way, or I can go back the other way and open up to a totally different way of being. Yes, it is totally worth it. It's amazing how it is with me and my husband now. It's amazing how even the little things, we see the little things. We see the little nuances, right? I got the sense the other day that uh, uh, my husband was having an, like a little bit of an issue with me uh, spending too much money, which has always been like a thing that we play with. Um saying that he can't do what he wants to do. And I go, but that's not because I spend too much money. It's not because anything about me though. And, and he goes and he, and he looks at me and he's like, well, how can you say that? Because this, 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 and this, and I go, it's a dream. It's your dream. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, that's just the reality of it. That's how it is. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like, and I got, I got the sense that that was a little bit of a wolf. Oh my goodness. You know? And then, and then, and then there was just a change of the subject real fast, but that's it. But that's, you know, that's the truth though. And, and it's like, we both know it. It's like, you can do whatever you want. You see this little nuance that we do with each other. Okay. It's like, let, because I'm afraid of my own dreams, whatever, I'm going to set this person up to be a block for it. I'm going to say that it's because they do this and block that. And this is what we do in partnerships. This is why people get so freaking bitter. I see people get so bitter that they want to totally screw the other person over Make it so they don't have a place to live. Make it, you know, just make it really shitty for them, right? They get so bitter about this. And that's the thing. It's like, if you're being victimized by your partner like that, oh yeah, that's understandable. You would just want to take them for everything they're worth, so to speak. Go get an attorney, do the whole dance, everything, right? Because you set them up like that, like they were totally victimizing you the whole time. Like you could have done all these things if they just weren't holding you back. That's a, that's like such a common story. They got a release from the ball and chain, let's say. No, it's you set them up like that because you were afraid. You were afraid of failure. So you set them up to prevent you from doing it. You know, another part, another aspect of the ego is like the carrot and the stick thing. To think that you're going to find it in another relationship. And these relationships are purposefully brought together like this to give you what you don't want. Because that's how you learn. They're purposely brought up like that. 
Like a guy who, you know, thinks that saving money is king happens to hook up with a spendthrift woman. And go, oh, this is my worst nightmare. Of course it is. You're welcome. <laughs> it's all to show you that your nightmare is projected. It's make-believe. You don't need anything. You don't need sex. That's another thing. People think that they, uh, they get in a relationship, romantic relationship with someone. Now you owe me sex and I owe you sex. Right. That's not what it's that's not what it's about at all. You, you're, that's not a need. That's a distraction, actually. You know, what is the goal of sex anyways? Like you have that orgasm, right? The sense you get the sense like you're connected. The whole thing about wanting to have sex is a desire to connect with your source. You're misinterpreting that cue. You're misinterpreting that vibe to think that it involves rubbing some genitals together. It has nothing to do with that. And it's a, and that's a and and that's a that's a sorry parody of what it's like to to connect. It's a sorry parody. It keeps us distracted. See how distracting that is? So distracting that people think that men and women can't be friends without wanting to have sex with each other not without without expecting it to go that way at some point like what would be the point of investing any energy into them <laughs> what would be the point in, in investing any energy into that person and then and and then there's the uh, the thing about songs, you know, I'm always listening to songs from the 70s and 80s. Tony's playing them. It's all about how love is sex. A whole lot of love. <laughs> They're talking about sex and not talking about love. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you need it. <laughs> yeah, we've been taught that. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's the conditioning that tells us that and it has us relating in a way that's very shallow right and you know for me i've always thought of sex as something comical it's always been really comical for me you know i've always like uh just the idea of like you know uh, you know the face and yeah, you know, licking genital. <laughs> <laughs> it just laugh. It makes me laugh. I mean, it's not like I don't find myself doing it too, but still, <laughs> still, you know, it, it'll be like you'll have all these moments where you're feeling really good and you forget how stupid it looks, but then you get back to it. Ridiculous. <laughs> Yes, my husband and I laugh often during sex because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> we'll have moments where we'll be like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember once it was a long time ago. Uh, he's down there doing his thing. And I'm looking at him and then we make eye contact and then we just can't help but laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really good, but still it's 
it's a hilarious thing actually it's funny and, and and you know it's funny that it's taken so seriously and 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 as like oh it's so offensive like if you show me your dick that's so offensive it's like when did we decide that a penis was like different from an earlobe right like when did we make that up you know or like, you know, like another thing is like the clitoris. That's another thing. Like, you know, I do block therapy on my freaking perineum and the clitoris and everything. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny because I was just like chilling out and all of a sudden I find my hand down my pants and I'm blocking it. I'm not <laughs> the other thing. I'm actually blocking it. That's like more of a, uh, of a, it feels like more of a, um, sense like I'm unwinding something I'm actually unwinding something you know it's like it, it's like it's a uh, symbolic the whole body is symbolic and everywhere we have these twists and these winds and these um areas where it's like blocking flow basically blocking awareness right so it's like everything we need awareness for it's just like cracked me up because I'm like I don't know what's going on you know all of a sudden I'm like oh okay and then uh, the next thing you know I'm like wow that thing needs some like blocking actually like it needs some uh, it needs some of that kind of attention because there's tension everywhere and you know it's like uh you know having the sexual the friction it's basically friction uh kind of uh pleasure applied to it doesn't do anything about the blockages <laughs> it's like that's kind of like it's so surface it's amazing how surface that is it's amazing how much it is on the surface and you know it's like a big part of the spirituality movement right now and just a movement in society in general is this polyamory stuff you know, this is such a distraction. So it's, of course, it's a good tool for the ego to use. Be like, okay, it keeps you, so, your mind so shallow. You know, the difference between, it struck me, the difference between like um, touching the clitoris in a way where it stimulates like a sexual activity and between actually like clearing away what's accumulated there uh the the difference is one's really surface one actually requires a release uh mentally one actually requ requires a willingness to release thoughts the release that you get in, in sexually is just like some relaxation it's not healing see it's like if you would if you would be willing to let go of the thoughts that are holding things difficult, like hard in the body, basically holding them in a hardness, you know, if you're willing to be released from that, you're actually being released from mental patterns. It's like getting released from mental patterns because you're actually willing to let go. All these grips are mental grips. They're gripping hard, hot, really hard everywhere in places where you expect to be soft and, and they keep on adding on each on each other as you go through a life like the grips keep adding on each other as you go through a life and and it seems like you need something like sex or a drink of alcohol or smoke or something like that to get some relaxation it's like it's like no you actually need to be willing to un undo those grips and if you're aware of what pain it's causing 
then you can exercise that willingness. I mean, it's kind of like nipping things in the bud to go in and find where you're projecting pain. Anywhere where you can find that you're projecting pain is a perfect place, you know, just to kind of like melt that tension is in turn uh, showing you where your blockages are. You can't melt anything. You can't, you won't release it unless you would release that grip mentally holding on. We're all like that. It's so funny and we can get released. That's what one, another reason I love to stay home. I love to do that. Just be released all day. I think I'm having a difficult time grasping the money perception. For instance, if I feel like buying a plane ticket per, 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 to Peru, you're saying just do it. No, I'm not saying just do what you want. No, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. I'm not saying do what you want. I'm saying ask and will to do whatever it is. Will to do what you want to do. That's different from doing what you want to do. Because what you would want to do, what you would want to do is uh, tempt the ego, right? Follow the ego. what you think you should do, but you know, that kind of thing. No, I'm saying will to do, let's say it like this, will to do what you want to do. That's all will to do. See, it's like in the, in the new age kind of philosophy that's set up as a distraction. Okay. It's also a roadway in, it's not a bad thing at all. It's good. Because people come from that all the time, all the time. You can say it's a step in the direction even, okay? Um, But the way that it's set up is as if you did it wrong if you see some kind of bad outcome. If you're asking, if you're asking and you're willing to do what you want to do, whatever you find yourself doing, you're not going to be suffering over no matter the circumstances, no matter any outcome. You're just not going to be suffering. Okay, because you willed to do what you were asked to do, what the spirit wanted you to do, which you can tell by what you seem to want to do after you asked. (laughs) That's it. Yes, it's that simple. But then you receive the perception you have no money in your bank account. Well, you know what? In that case, no can, huh? That's like, if can, can, if no can, no can. Oh, I'd love to buy a Peru, uh, a plane ticket to Peru. Oh, the means don't seem to be there. Okay, that means I don't need a plane ticket to Peru. Fucking easy. Really, really simple. Really simple. Sex is like blocking. The harder it is, the better it feels. Oh man, you're funny. <laughs> okay, Glenn. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he. Yeah, we 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 know when it's you without even me saying it's you, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> it's still very surface. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, Akahi. I love you. Right? And you never know your best interest. Who, who's that? Your best interest. Oh, yeah. Goda. I was like, who's that? All I see is an F there. I don't know who you are. Okay. Uh, Ah, not L. You receive that? Okay, whatever it is, I love you. Thank you for receiving that. Sometimes I get back to those Facebook ones because I'm mostly on Zoom. 
So if you want to join me on Zoom, you can link in there and then I see your um, your stuff more real time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I go back to, ch- to Facebook and check it out. Sometimes I'm just a little late because I get on a roll. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys. Well, that was really fun. I thank you so much. I'll be back again um, next Monday. And the Monday after that, I bet you I will be broadcasting um, from Chicago, okay, um, at, at Goda's house in two weeks. So for my peeps that come in person, I won't be here, uh, but I'll probably be broadcasting. Yay. Mahalo, Goda. Goda's on here with me too. Thank you, Goda. I love you. Um, yeah, if you want to donate cash app, hope Johnson seven, also you can shop at miraclebotanicals.com. That's my family business, miraclebotanicals.com. We have awesome essential oils there. Um, yeah. And education too. When you sign up for my newsletter, I just made, I think four in a series. If you already signed up, maybe unsubscribe and sign up again. I don't know how it works. So you can get my four in a series. I take you through a, a regular welcome one where I talk about our company, take you through some uh, skincare stuff, my stuff on headaches and whether you should eat essential oils or something like that. I don't know. I did, I set it up maybe a couple of weeks ago, forgot about it already. But um, yeah, enjoy that and maybe um, learn more about essential oils. One thing I shared about essential oils with some of the people this weekend, one, one woman was telling me, I have a bunch of these little bottles, but I don't touch them. I don't use them. And I go, well, here's the thing about essential oils. Whenever you take an inhalation of an essential oil, what's what's shown is that those molecules communicate with every single cell within 20 seconds. And all it is is a communication. It's like a communication with nature. So when you think about what kind of a, what kind of a communication is going on, like you're getting a commune with nature with every aroma, that's how they do it with their aroma. So you're getting a, a, like a communication, a wisdom download toward everything that, everything that's, that's lovely. Okay. They're everything that's lovely. And if you think of it like that, every time you take an inhalation, maybe you'll want to open that bottle more, take more inhalations, maybe use them as a cologne. Um, Cause it's kind of like a way of entraining you too toward a more natural way of being. Because there are, you know, they're vibrating at a level that's much higher than a human vibration, which is basically symbolic of they don't have all this stuff holding us down. Their, their mind is closer to the source and they can encourage us, almost persuade us to go to a higher level of being, to, to think in a higher uh, sense, a more lofty sense, which is really what we need to see through all of this is just kind of like rise above it and shine the light on everything. So hooray. Yay. All right. Until next Monday, everyone. I love you so much. Mahalo. Aloha and a hooey ho.